Hello, everyone, and welcome to the A2 Life Podcast with James Oney, the Minister of Education and Discipleship at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. I'm your host, Chase Falk, and our desire through this podcast is to equip and encourage people to fulfill the Great Commission by focusing on a lifestyle centered in Acts chapter 2. James. Yes, sir. How you doing today? I'm great. How are you, man? I am good as well. Chantel? I'm good. How are you doing today, Chase? I am good again. Twice good today. I like getting asked questions twice. <laughs> Same question. I know. Back to back, huh? Back to back. That's right. That's right. So um, today, though, we have another guest on the podcast, and I'm yes. going to let one of y'all decide who's going to introduce this Oni man. I'll let the mother who birthed him do yeah. that. No, she, yeah. Has, yeah, she has all rights. She has a lot of work. <laughs> um, but no, we have our oldest, um, Caleb James Oney, here with us. He is 13 years old. Um, he is about to finish up his last year in middle school. And yeah. We have a high schooler on our hands. But um, this is Caleb, and he's going to be joining us today um, in this discussion as we talk about discipleship in the home as it relates to the term race. All right, Caleb, question for you. Where do you go to school? Rehoboth Middle School. Rehoboth Middle School. All right. What's your favorite thing about Rehoboth Middle School? P. P. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Play football, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. You ready for the season? Yes, yeah. sir. All right. You know what position you're going to play at? Um, right now, I'm looking at running back and safety. So the running back, <laughs> the running back, right? No. No. All right. So last question for you, Caleb, before we jump in. Mom or dad, like if you had to pick to hang out with them for like an hour, who would you pick, mom or dad? They know who this is. It's going to be dad. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I, I, I don't want to cause any problems, but I just, oh, you know, man. Why not me? Because I'm going to make you clean or something? We argue too much. <laughs> Dad's just chill. All right, so moving on. Uh, I love that, Caleb. Not chill parents. So glad to have you on the podcast today, Caleb, and we'll jump in and talk in just a little while. But we are on our A2 Life podcast where we're talking about discipleship and the thought of Acts 2. And the reality of us as followers of Christ today, living out the example that the New Testament church shows us in Acts 2, 42 through 47. And talking specifically, though, and just kind of a grouping of episodes about race and the kingdom. And this is our fifth episode um, strategically talking about this issue and the impact that all this is bringing into our culture and our our country right now and so james just yeah. get us going yeah um you know i really encourage you guys if you're just tuning in for the first time to go back and listen to those uh first four episodes because i think it'll bring you to this point um and you'll kind of understand the flow of uh, what we're trying to do and so forth here um uh so i i just give a brief you know um i, I guess a synopsis of what we've talked about in these episodes, we we started on common ground. We talked about uh, how the Bible is sufficient uh, for us, and uh, and there's nothing else we need in that sense because the Bible is sufficient. And as, as believers, and, and and that's another thing, this podcast is for believers. Not saying that it cannot reach those who uh, do not know Christ, but particularly we're looking at, um, in particular, we're looking at believers. 
um, and, and, and saying, look, okay, let's meet on common ground because there are some differences with this topic in inside uh, uh, with believers. And so um, we wanted to meet on common ground and, and, and the word of God is sufficient. It is inerrant. And so therefore, let's let's draw from that. And so we looked at the book of Ephesians and see how Christ reconciled us uh, Gentiles and uh, not only Gentiles, but also Jews to himself and to each other. And so we just basically have to walk in that. We are one in Christ. We are together. We're one, uh, which is the human race. And um, and then we got into the term race as a social construct because it came in uh, roughly around the uh, 1600s, I believe, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then and it, it basically what it did, it established it was established by people and it just separated us, break, broke us up into different categories or one, one's own color, ethnicity and so forth. And. Now we're talking about that that term race and how it impacted us. And Chantel did a great job on uh, showing how race, how the term race historically impacted society. And so um, uh, last week we looked about, uh, looked uh, uh, at how race had an impact on humanity, in particular um, uh, self worth, you know, um, our value, and so forth. And so. Um, uh, we spoke about our different uh, experiences, mm-hmm. um, positive and negative experiences, and how we said our self-worth basically is found in Christ. Um, our identity is found in Christ. We are image bearers. Mm-hmm. We are uh, kingdom citizens, and therefore we identify with the kingdom. Amen. And so, um, uh, and today we're looking at the impact in the home. Yeah. Impact in the home. So when we think about that, I heard something um this week as just listening to a couple other podcasts and uh, in this podcast, they kind of brought up the importance of having this conversation in the home due to when we think about around the age three, kids begin to kind of categorize and sort things. You know, when you think about that, I mean, yesterday at the house, we were had these old blocks and, you know, Mm -hmm. Collins and Asher were putting this block with this block and that block with that block and kind of categorizing and Mm -hmm. sorting through things. And so early on, Mm -hmm. even at the age of three, there's becomes this process in the mind of kids that because of a racial Mm -hmm. um, context, the, this group of people are like this. And so I'm putting them here and this group's over here and this group's over here, Mm -hmm. no matter all the context. And so it's led to a continual uh, from early on, this Mm -hmm. unhealthy view of, the human race um, and this division because of this terminology race. And so um, we do want to talk about this in the home and in the reality of the things that all of us have talked about in the mm-hmm. room um, on a pre- preparation side is that the conversations and the way um, you guys parent your kids yeah. are different than the way that I have to parent my kids. I remember yeah. that day mm-hmm. uh, clearly we were talking on the phone and all me and you in your office, James and mm-hmm. uh, Chantel, you were on the phone and you said, Chase, you know, the things that you're going to have to talk to Collins and Asher about are totally different than the things that we have to talk to my boys about. And so we just kind of want to bring some of that to light today, Mm -hmm. really help us understand kind of contextually where things are different, but also where things can be the same to move forward in a healthy way um, in the home and how to lead this. Again, as we've said 
throughout this podcast mm-hmm. all the time, discipleship starts right. in the home. Yeah. Right. Dads Amen. that are listening, discipleship starts with you. Moms that are listening, we encourage you um, to put it out there if it's not happening. Put it <laughs> out there in front of the dad and say, That's hey, right. I, I need you to help me with this and that kind of thing. And so, um, James, just begin with us uh, today helping us understand how is race this terminology race impacted your home and the way you have to parent your sons. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's different um, because of the fact that he is, uh, he has more melanin, you know? And right. so um, what I, what I try to do is to help him understand first and foremost is that he's a child of God, Amen. you Amen. know, and that's the, that's the biggest thing. Our son accepted Christ at, at the age of five and he is a part of the kingdom. Um, his identity uh, is not wrapped up in his race, or, or if we want to use that terminology, right. um, his color his, or his his culture, but it's wrapped up in Christ. And um, and so uh, we we try to push that, you know, saying that hey, um, you are a child of God, and therefore live like a child of God in that sense. And so um, when you when, when you know. And it's, and it's interesting because, you know, we, we had to talk to him about, hey, because he's 13. In a couple of years, he's going to be driving. What if the police pulls him over? Right. You know, right. Um, uh, we talked to him about that, um, uh, how to handle himself and, and so forth. And and um, uh, not to overreact in that sense and and, and uh, be respectful, you know, uh, uh, with authority and, and so forth. Um, uh, also, just and not everybody is like you know, those who are, you know, uh, deemed, uh, quote unquote racist or whatever. Not everybody is racist, you know, not everybody is against the race. And we know that there's a, a, a force that's behind it. Chantel mentioned in, in previous episodes that it's, it's Satan. Right. It's, and so, um, first helping him to understand that first he's a child of God and, and there's a force that is out there and, um, and he's always got to be girded up, you know, um, as well as all of us. Right. You know, in in the kingdom, um, I, I heard this thing. This is interesting. I heard this um, this guy. He said this. He said that um, you know how the children of Israel they were in, uh, uh, exiled to Babylon and in uh, a foreign city. You know, and, uh, uh, and they are you know they are released, but they're still in a foreign city because mm-hmm. of the fact that they are children of uh, of God. We are all children of God. We are in Babylon in a sense, yeah. and our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. And so we always got to view that in that light. Right. And so um, being able to uh, 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 push that, that's, uh, you know, and talk about that with him um, is, is key. Anything you want to add? No, I mean, I think you, you know, you, you said everything that, you know, we first always want our boys to know. Um, who they are and that who they are is always centered, you know, through God's word. You know, we try our very best to make sure even when they have negative encounters that they always filter it through God's word um, and everything. Um, we definitely have those discussions on you know, what happens if you're pulled over, you know, by a police officer, how should you respond? How should you act? Um, And one thing that we always just kind of tell, you know, you know, our children, and I'll just throw this scenario out there because this is one thing that Chase mentioned um, when we opened up, Um, you know, Chase, Chase and his wife, along with James and I, we, we have the same conversations with our boys about, 
you know, what to do if they're pulled over. You know, get your wallet out. Preferably, you want to do all this stuff before they get to the car. You know, if your registration is in the glove compartment, get that out or at least have your glove compartment open so he sees nothing mm -hmm. is there. Have your insurance card out. Those are the three pieces that you're going to need. Yeah. You know, and I said, largely, our, our, our white brothers and sisters in Christ the conversation typically is going to end right there, yeah. you know, because everything's going to be okay. You know, just be respectful, yada, yada, yada. Everything will be fine. However, what we're seeing now that has, what has been played out in the media for the last, you know, few years, probably the last decade, what we're seeing now is parents like James and I that are parenting, and we have four black boys yeah. that are parenting black boys, and we're doing our best to raise them up in the Lord. We have to make sure we take that conversation a step further in that you do everything you can to de-escalate that situation. Why is that? We never know the perspective that that police officer mm -hmm. is coming from. Yes, you're going to have great police officers, but you may get that one mm -hmm. that is just rude, mean, or... And one thing I know for our kids, we talked about this on the last episode, we teach diversity in yeah. our home. I know that my, my, my boys, when they go out, they are probably going to be in some real nice white neighborhoods, mm -hmm. okay? But how, if something were to happen, how are you to respond yeah. when you're in that neighborhood if you were to get pulled over? You get that identification out. Now, it's your responsibility to do everything you can to de-escalate that situation because that, that cop, guess what? He already has the law on his side mm -hmm. because he has taken an oath, he has a uniform, and he has a badge. Yeah. So he already has the law on his side. If something were to go on, you come tell us, and mm -hmm. then we can handle that through the system in a legal and appropriate manner mm -hmm. um, and everything. But the conversations, and I think it's important for our white brothers and sisters to know, is that the conversations that we have, I wish we didn't have to have them. Right. But it's apparent that we do have to have them. Mm -hmm. Those conversations are hard. Mm -hmm. and those conversations are real and they're yeah. raw. They're unedited conversations. Mm -hmm. And when your your children, when your child is asking you why this and why that, guess what? We gotta get them to give them the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Yeah. You know, so I really want, you know, our audience just to understand that, you know, you've never thought about having that conversation. But think about it from your black brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. Or even if they're black brothers and sisters and they're unbelievers, they still are having that conversation mm -hmm. with their with their son or with their daughter. And, and I w and I would even add this that uh, we're coming from a black context because we are black, but it happens in other ethnicities oh. as well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, I mean, you think of the Latino, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it happens. And so, um, that's a conversation that that that, like you said, we wish we. You know, we wish we didn't. I wish have, we didn't yeah. have to have it. But, but in the same token, we are. And, um, but in that, you know, our goal is to, to, you know, preach Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, in that. Context. And one thing that you said, even though we have to have the conversation, one thing that you mentioned earlier is that we teach in our boys, you know, to to be able to know who they are in Christ mm -hmm. and to live that out, even if. The officer is mean mm -hmm. or is rude or he's questioning why you're here. Guess what? 
I don't care how upset, I don't care how mad you are, you may want to say some stuff, you may want to throw some stuff, you never give him a reason to pull you out of that vehicle because guess what? You still have a responsibility in that moment mm -hmm. to live out Christ. I don't care what's going on, you still have to live him out. That's good. You know, so that's that's about dying to flesh yeah. right yeah. there. So yeah, Chantel, speak a little bit more for just a second on the, the ends of parenting a daughter. Now, I know you guys have four um, sons, mm -hmm. and the context there is a little different, but um, are there differences in the, the conversations that you have to have to um, your black sons compared to a black daughter? You know, I'm fortunate. I, I have all I have all boys. Um, <laughs> I, I love it that way. I love being the only queen in the house. Um, honestly, I don't think just from thinking through this question, because we also see female black females having the same issues with police officers. So I don't think the conversation is any different. I don't think because you are a black female, it makes you less susceptible to, mm -hmm. you know, you know, police violence and police brutality or race. I don't I don't think that. So I think the conversations are still the same. Um, I think we have to um, I think it's just about being honest with, you know, though our black you know girls our black sisters and i would honestly just say if i had a daughter my conversation with my daughter would be the same that i'm having with our sons i don't think it would be i don't think it would be any less different yeah i i, I um i would say it would probably with the with the female it would probably be uh, i would say less now i i don't want to use i'm trying to think of the word um uh, uh, it's more heightened than males. It may not be as intense. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. Yes, tense. Uh, that's my uh, dictionary right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it may not be as tense because you do see black males the majority of the times. More often than yeah, the, yeah. More often than you do see a a, a black um, female. Um, but that talk will be uh, had, but it, it wouldn't be to the extent that it probably would be for. Uh, a black male. And I think one thing in our home is we're 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 transparent in our home. Yeah. I mean, it's just like mm -hmm. I, I say I say what I say, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, but <laughs> um so sometimes we, like, oh, oh. we are pretty we are pretty open with yeah. our home. We've just fostered that environment with our children. Um so the conversation may not be as intense, but I think the conversation will still yeah. it'll yeah. still happen. Yeah. It'll yeah. still happen. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And so now for both of y'all, James, Chantel, explain to me for a minute about the conversation like in your home recently due to the George Floyd situation and kind of the the all that's kind of come mm -hmm. together because of that. Well, I, I remember the day quite well. Um, Caleb had just come downstairs. I think I just came in from a walk. And I turned the television now, on. Y'all weren't walking together that day, right? I don't think we were walking together that day. I know day. that's something y'all do, we right? We do. I don't think we were walking together that day. Um, but he was up nonetheless. And um, I turned the television on. I'm trying to get some information to see what's going on with um, COVID-19. And here he is. It, I mean, we're right in the, the, the heart of this case where he saw the police officer having his 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 knee in this man's neck and he was on the ground and um that conversation i think caleb said something to the effect what is going on 
you know? Um, and so we watched for a moment, commercial break came on, and that was the opportunity right there, the segue to be able to, okay, how do I speak truth when honestly you're, you're angry? You're upset because now this is something that clearly, and I think for some, the George Floyd case, what a lot of individuals have been talking about for a while now, years now, something about the George Floyd case pretty much brought this thing to a head because people could visibly see that this man had no, he could not defend himself. He was not trying to do anything um, at that particular point. And so... Wait, Caleb and I, um, I said, Caleb, I said, your dad and I, we've had these conversations before. Um, and your dad and I, we want you to know that when you're out, you have a responsibility. Um, first, to honor the Lord. And if you're dealing with the police officer, to honor that authority. Um, yes, I told him that there are some police officers that are out there and they may not like black people. Okay. However, that does not negate how you are to respond um, to that. And we went back through and just talking again. Okay. If you were to get pulled over, what are you to do? You know, and he kind of knows the routine. Now he can kind of spit it out <laughs> verbatim. If it's at night, what do you do at night? Go to a lighted area, mom, call on the phone and tell the operator <laughs> that I have a police officer with his lights on and I see him, but I'm going to pull over. So he kind of knows these things verbatim now. Um, but seeing that happen to Mr. Floyd just kind of really rocked us for a moment and it was just it was heartbreaking knowing that you know this could be someone close to us that this happens to yeah. you know um and i don't ever want to instill fear into my, my my sons that oh that that could be you yeah i think the reality is that they they are they are aware of that but i think more so just deep down inside they have a responsibility to honor the Lord, even in situations like yeah. that. So, do you have anything, James? Yeah, I was actually gone. I was. Were you gone? Yeah, you probably were. Yeah. And so I didn't get to get a chance to, you know, right. engage in that way. Um, and so they already had that talk, you right. know, and everything. And um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think we had a little talk. Maybe this is on the lines, basically on the same lines, mm-hmm. as just saying, hey. You know, um, be respectful, stuff like that, and and uh, yes, there are bad people out there. Every cop is not bad, and and uh, stuff of that nature. And so, um, this is basically the same thing that she, yeah, uh, Chatel was saying to him. Yeah, I, and I I think too, because even on our walks that I have, that Caleb and I have, we've gotten into some pretty, I guess, very tense conversations <laughs> <laughs> on our walk. Um, because I mean, he has questions. He wants answers. Um, I mean, even, you know, for those that are listening, if you could see right now, my son has on a jacket. Okay. <laughs> um, he came out the house with this jacket on. That's something that he does. <laughs> I mean, that's something that he does and he will probably continue to forever do that. Yeah. Um, but even yeah. on our walk one morning, he um it was probably about 75 degrees outside and we're walking he has on a black sweatshirt with a hood on and he put his hood up on his head and i said son that's okay because you're walking with me and people can see my face Mm -hmm. however 
if you were walking alone, this would not be acceptable because they don't see your face and they don't know who you are. Okay. Um, So it's about teaching not only the biblical response and reaction we should have, but it's also about teaching practicality um, as well. And for him to know that, okay, it's okay right now, but if I'm without mom or dad, this, this, this can't happen. So, Caleb, speak for a second on some of this. How does all this kind of make you feel hearing this, um, having these, having to have these conversations with your parents? Well, it makes me feel like, like when I first saw George Floyd on the TV and like this happened, and I was like, "Wait, really? This is actually happening? Why? Why does this happen? Why did that happen?" He, you see him on the ground. He's not resisting anything, and he's saying he can't breathe, but you still intentionally put your knee on his neck so he cannot breathe, and I'm like why would you do this? But then, you know, my mom pulled me up. She talked to me. I went in the commercial and all that. And I was like, yes, it, it, this, that, that, this is wrong. Why, still, I, I still don't get it. Why? Why? And I was just like, I was baffled and I was angry, mad. And I was like, I was kind of sad too because he has a family too. Yeah. I was like, I was technically saying to myself, you picture you in that situation. Yeah, that's good. You be on the ground like that and then another cop on like that yeah, on you like that. That's good. And like how would you feel? Yeah. That's yeah. I was like, that's just not right. Yeah. So when you think about some of this, Caleb, have you ever felt that you were treated differently because you were a black male? Black guy? Yeah, I have been I have been treated differently a couple of times. But I was like, I'm black, I'm gonna be black. And if you have a problem, like, you're going to have to live with this. You can either accept it or be like, well, I'm not going to accept this. I'm just going to, I don't care about you. You're black. I'm like, oh, yeah, I am black. I'm going to be black. <laughs> so, like, do, what what are you going to, you can't do nothing about it because this is my skin color. I just have more melanin than you. Yeah, that's good. So I was like, I just blew it off and was like, okay. So that'll, that'll preach right there, bro. Um, that's some good stuff. So when you think about that, though, is it something that uh, – how do you respond when someone says that? Is that something that you're able to talk to them like that? Do they kind of not talk to you? Like, how does that work? When, I, I was like – when that happened, I was like, okay, well, dude, I, like I pulled him over by himself. I'm like, why did you say that? Why? And he was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that, that's not right, first of all. And yes, I'm black, like I said earlier. So you can't have a problem with it because this is my color. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So, um, so he, he responded way better than what I've done when I was his <laughs> age. I'm, I'm just saying, it's just, it's just crazy, you know, because – when that stuff happened when I when I was his age, we fought. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. but I, uh, you know, he, he I, I like that. That's that's pretty cool. Well, it yeah. goes back to the conversations that y'all already had as a family. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I don't know the context of you know where you were as far as James as a kid, but you know, I just feel as if the the things that are coming out of Caleb's mouth is a a testimony of the other conversations that already happened. You know, there's a good chance if y'all hadn't had a conversation in the mm-hmm. house, yeah. I mean. Caleb might have hit him between the yeah, eyes, you know. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but it, it just shows that. And so, um, let's just kind of let's kind of keep going on on this. Uh, just thought about the home right now, James, Chantel, and Caleb. Just a second too. But what 
what we all say, okay, knowing that this is reality, okay, mm-hmm. we're where we are. The George Floyd situation, again, I believe, again, has brought a, a lot of this to a, a kind of point ahead, and uh, we're, but we're, we're living in it. Yeah. And, and so, James and Chantel, talk to us a second about what would you say um, to, let's, let's talk specifically to white parents right now um, to help them understand better the reality of the conversations uh, that they need to be having at home and the impact that this terminology race has played. Yeah, um, I, I would say, and hear me with, with my heart, that we can't brush this aside, you mm-hmm. know. Um, we, in a sense, you know, not saying that that's them and, you know, we have our own family. Yeah. Um, if we are the body uh, of Christ, if we're one, I'm speaking to believers on this end, we are all involved. Yeah. And, and I think that um, uh, uh, the conversation inside of other households is, uh, households that are uh, not black or any other ethnicity than white, that to have this the, to have the mindset of this is my brother and this is my sister, mm-hmm. and um, I, I want to understand. Yeah. I need to understand. Um, uh, it's like a sense of urgency because of the fact that we are together. You know, we are one family. Um, you know, growing up, if some I had friends. You know, and 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 one thing about our culture, we'll we'll say that's our cousin. It ain't our cousin, but we'll say <laughs> it's our cousin or whatever. But um, uh, we were all together, and if somebody messed with one, they messed with us all. Yeah. You know, um, uh, or we tried to find what what's going on. You know, and I think to an extent, I think that as the family of God, as uh, the kingdom, um, I think that these conversations um, should be had and we should be together mm-hmm. in them. Um, and I think that, uh, and I say this with all the sincerity, not to be afraid to, to ask, not yeah. to be afraid yeah. to engage in the yeah. conversations yeah. Uh, with others. Yeah. I would say not being afraid to ask, even if you don't necessarily know the right question to yeah, ask yeah. but the simple fact that you're asking we can work out the, the, the rhetoric we can work all that stuff out mm-hmm. um but just being willing to ask those hard and difficult questions i think are real good but one thing that i'm, I'm reminded of is that and i echo james that we all have a responsibility in this black white um hispanic I don't we have a responsibility in what we see right now. For instance, I'm just I'm reminded of the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And here is this man, he's on the road and he is injured. Mm-hmm. Nobody stops. They come, they look, they pass him by. Mm-hmm. This happens repeatedly in the story. What we've been seeing happening is yeah, there's an acknowledgement that this is going on and something's wrong and something has to be done, but there has been a walking away from it. Mm-hmm. Now, what it requires is, as the Good Samaritan, what did he do? He took the man, he cleaned him up, he bandaged his wounds, and then he put him up <laughs> to yeah. stay, yeah. you know, till he was well and he was recovered. So what we have to do now, instead of just acknowledging that this has been going on in our mm-hmm. society. Now what we have to do is take the role of the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. and be willing to 
what can I do now to come alongside to help in this particular what everything that we see going on right now mm-hmm. um so i think that that willingness is it's enough talking we talk a lot yeah. okay with time now as people of god to be about doing okay mm-hmm. um christ has spoke on the issue we mentioned this many times before so we already know where to take um, our guidance and our direction from is through the word of God. Um, So I just think about acknowledging is great, but now coming alongside and walking this out with your brothers and your sisters that have been, that are of the minority is, I think is very important, very key. And that's something the church has to be willing to do um, is to stand up and take that. Um, I also would like to say, um, to, you know, especially since we are talking in a context mainly of black and white to my white, you know, brothers and sisters out there, um, being willing, you know, with your children, sitting down, just really thinking about, you know, what are the conversations that you have with your children? Now, think about that if you were black, how would you have to have that conversation now? And honestly, it should be startling to say, wow, I cannot believe that others have to have the same conversation, but it's much more tense um, than what I actually have to have. So being willing to just acknowledge that there are differences out there, but also being willing to work through those differences, I think are really good. Yeah, I heard somebody say this, and I thought this was, like, really good to process. And it, they talked about learning in front of others mm. um, and being willing to be okay if you say the wrong thing or ask yeah. the wrong or use the wrong terminology, but yeah. doing it in front of others so that um, you can really get to a healthy place yeah. of knowing the conversations to have and who to look mm-hmm. to and who to listen to and um and being okay in your own skin. I mean, yeah. for me as a white male, being okay in my own skin and identity in Christ, that I'm I'm content in that. But I want to get better at learning yes. and leading my family mm-hmm. when it comes to this tension of race and all that's come with that and learn out loud together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what I've loved about our conversations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chantel, being floored when you had the conversation and said, the way you're going to raise your boys are going to be different the way we have. I mean, just, I mean, just never even process mm-hmm. that. Like I never even thought about that. And so we encourage you as listeners to, to do that, learn in front of others, uh, talk to your kids about that, find a family to have a conversation with, to get to know, to try to engage and, and, and process this out loud um, together. Uh, I want to ask Caleb one more thing as we wrap up and uh, then I'll, James, I'll let you share any last thoughts. Caleb, what's the conversation like with your friends? Okay, like have as far as when the George Floyd situation or some of these things like this happens, how do your friends uh, respond to that, and what do y'all talk about? Well, some of my friends, some of my friends, they're like, "Hey, I don't, I don't like that, man. We we just need to go out in the streets and just start protesting, doing all this, doing all this." I'm like, "Hey, chill. The thing, <laughs> like that." No, that that's that's not how we're supposed to handle the situation. This one thing you can do, you can pray, because as Christians, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to pray and stuff like that. And like, it's just I was like, this is wrong. Don't that that's not what we're supposed to do because then that that leads to a bigger problem. Yeah. And then some of them were like, oh yeah, that happened. They just blew it off and was like, it'll be okay. It'll it'll all go back to normal. I'm like, 
it might, but it might not too. Because just because you think it'll go back to normal, that that's not right. It is is not. It's yeah. it's this is a problem we have yeah. to fix. Yeah, you have a role to play. And then some of some of them are like, like praying, like like yes, this is wrong. We need to do this. We need to pray and all that, and we need to take action and this and that. And I was like, yeah, we we need to do that. That that's the right thing to do. And so that's that's how some of them react. Let me ask this: When it comes to some of this, Caleb, do you ever have white friends that joke about this type of stuff? Yeah, how, I do. How does that make you feel? It makes I'm like, okay, that some some of them do. It's just like, why why would you joke about this stuff? This stuff is real. This is happening right now, like this is going on in real life. Imagine you in the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was not nothing to joke about then. Yeah. 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 I just asked that question for all, just as we kind of, because as we wrap up, it, I mean, I remember in context as a white uh, guy growing up, there would be jokes just thrown out towards our mm-hmm. black friends. And, you know, it, it just kind of happens in the locker mm-hmm. rooms. It just kind of happens at PE class. Mm-hmm. And I would say just for families, specifically white families to know that if you're not having the conversations at home these unhealthy things are happening Mm -hmm. in the life of your child Mm -hmm. and they're seeing other people treat um black their black friends like this at school Mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity to create discipleship and conversations at home um to make sure that you know, all of us together mm-hmm. as a family are seeing the kingdom race. Yeah. yeah. You know. And one thing that Caleb, you know, mentioned about some of his friends say it'll blow over. Yeah. That 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 type of mentality thinking that has to change. Yeah. You know? Um, so it, it parents, we you got a responsibility, you know. Um, we can't be thinking though that this is this is just blow over. No, this is not cold and flu season. Yeah. You know, um, this is something much deeper. The, the root of it is much deeper than that. And we have to be willing to have these difficult, difficult conversations at home with our children, even though the conversation may be uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 James, uh, as we wrap up today, any last thoughts on, on this thought of the impact on home at the home? Yeah. You know, uh, this is the A2 Life podcast. And what we, what we do is we look at Acts 2 and see how we can. Uh, live a life of discipleship in our, uh, you know, in our everyday lives. Discipleship is key. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we're looking at this, discipleship's in a home. This is this is why discipleship is so important. Um, as believers, we are called, we are commanded to to teach uh, our uh, not just you know people that we see around in the streets, but our homes yeah. are first. Yes, and um, and we are to uh, disciple our homes. Uh, therefore, when we go out into society, we are able to handle ourselves and be able to um, respect one another and be able to um, uh, act like family mm-hmm. in that sense. And so um, uh, discipleship is key. Discipleship is key. I will never stop preaching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as we wrap up today and finish this, um, what I want to encourage us to be thinking about for those of you that are listening, specifically as you think about conversations being had 
at home. Some of the things as parents, sometimes it's hard to know, how do I start this? Mm-hmm. How do I begin a conversation about this? And that can go to a lot of different things as far as talking to your kids. But I encourage you um, just to take a second uh, this week and sit down if you haven't already, or if your kids hadn't pulled you aside, which they might've already done that and said, you know, just ask them about uh, what did they think when they heard about this or what did their friends said about this? just kind of get the conversation going yeah. and if you don't have the answer immediately be okay with that yes and tell your your son and your daughter like you know I need to talk to somebody about that I need to ask them some questions before I give you a educated answer on this and uh, but just start it somehow get it going don't feel like you have to have it all together from the very beginning um, and then, you know, do your homework, do your, um, you know, research and education, educating yourself, learn in front of others mm-hmm. to be able to help your family uh, do the same. And so thanks so much for listening today. And we're uh, guys, this is I, I mean, it's been helpful, so helpful for me. And so um, James, Chantel and Caleb <laughs> only today. Good to have you, Dan. Spend an hour with your dad today, okay? Okay. (laughs) And then then spend two with your mom. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, uh, anyways, thanks so much for listening. Love for you to subscribe um, to our channel, share this podcast as well, and just let others experience it and uh, give us any comments or uh, any questions you have as well. Reach out to us. We'd love to help and and talk and just uh, help you process through this as uh, parents and dealing with race um, in the home. Thank you for listening and being a part of this podcast today with James Oney, the Minister of Education and Discipleship at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. Our desire through the A2 Life podcast is to equip and encourage people to fulfill the Great Commission by focusing on a lifestyle centered in Acts chapter 2. If you have more questions or desire to talk to someone more about making disciples and what that looks like here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, you can reach out to our church office, email one of us. We would love to have those conversations with you in the days ahead. We look forward to more of what God's going to do as we focus on a life centered in Acts chapter 2.